Welcome to the weekly podcast of Grace Valley Church. We're thrilled to have you join us. Our goal is to guide individuals towards Jesus and help them fulfill their divine destiny. Our hope is that you'll experience a renewed encounter with God today. For additional information about our church, please visit mygracevalley.com. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's message. Uh, Today, we're going to continue in our series. We're in a series titled uh, Rooted. Uh, One word, how we believe that God wants us to be deeply, firmly rooted into the bedrock truths of the gospel, of who he is, of what we believe. Listen, you know, I have to tell you, we live in a world that seems like every time we turn around, we listen and we hear uh, of, of all of the problems and the difficulties and the things to overcome. And uh, there are just so many difficulties. And I think that there's something to be said for us as followers of Christ, that as we step into the Lord and we have a deep faith, we have a faith in the Lord. We, we believe that, come on, how many of you believe he is God and he rose from the dead and he created the world? Sometimes we look around, though, I think with our natural eye, we understand that though our faith may be great, we look around and we see in the natural eye all the problems and the difficulties. And that's why I think it's so important that we uh, be rooted deeply into the word of God, know the truth, understand it. And so today I want to talk to us a little bit about uh, the title of my message is God is Sovereign. I think that that really has a powerful meaning for us today. A couple weeks ago, we just spent the whole Sunday talking about creation and how uh, biblically and through science and all the theories and all the things that were out there, how literally science proves the existence of God. It's such an incredible thing. Science actually draws us closer to who God is and all that he has created when we fully understand what that's all about. Last week, we talked about the resurrection and, and how, how we know the, the firsthand accounts. There's historical evidence from both those who followed Jesus and those who did not. They were against him. And yet all of that incredible evidence to, to show what took place in the resurrection. Today, I want us to talk a little bit about, for us to maybe dig our roots down even deeper uh, is to understand that he is sovereign. And we might even wonder, like we asked the question, right? Like, how can there be, I think that people in the world ask the question. Uh, I know as we've talked a little bit about uh, faith and maybe even a little atheism, people who say God doesn't exist. I think there's probably people who ask, how can there be a loving God? How, how can God be loving when there is so much evil and suffering in the world today. How how could that be? I mean, our world definitely has pain. Our world has suffering. It has difficulties. And I think sometimes those who are outside of the faith, they have difficulty with that. How, How could God be loving? How could he allow this? How could those things happen? And if we were honest, there's probably even those of us who, who follow the Lord that we've had those questions. How, how can this happen? How, how can innocent people die? Or why do innocent people die? Why why do bad things happen to good people? You might look back at your life and go, man, I, I just, I think back at this time, I wonder why, why did this happen? Why did this happen, have to happen? But let me tell you, when bad things 
do happen and they will happen because we live in a fallen, broken world, right? So when bad things do happen, I want you to know that faith in God isn't necessarily always answering all the questions. It's saying, even though I have many questions, I am putting my faith and my trust and my hope in the Savior, in my Lord, because I have a bedrock of truths that show me that he is good and that he is out for me. And though I walk through difficulty and though this frail body may get sick, my God is able and I, I know that he is good. I mean, we have many in our congregation today who are walking through difficulties. They're walking through pain and suffering and sickness. And, and there are many uh, who might be even watching online right now. You're there and you're going, man, this is for me. I, I've, I have those questions. I wonder about those things. I think there's three things that we need to understand, or I hope that we can gain some understanding on this morning uh, about the sovereignty of God, about who he is and, and, and why him being sovereign is so important to our faith. Why is it so important to know and to understand that as we walk this life knowing that he created the world, man, I can put my hope in him. Knowing that he rose from the dead, I can put my hope in him. Knowing that he is sovereign and he is in complete control, that allows me to be able to put my complete hope and trust in him. The first thing that we have to understand about our Lord is that he gave us a few things that we live with. The first thing is is something that you and I have, we enjoy, and that is called free will. We have a free will. We have it. It's something that we have been given uh, to us by the Lord. And, and someone might say, why didn't God create? Why didn't God create a world where there was no pain? Why didn't God create a world where there was no suffering? My answer to that question is this. He did. He did. He created a world, Genesis 131 tells us about God's creation. He said this, God saw all that he had made and it was very, very good. It was perfect. There was no shame. There was no sin. There was uh, a beauty. It was, it was amazing. This incredible creation. And, and, and so, you know, he created a world that was full of free from pain, free from suffering, uh, all of those things. But we understand later, as we know, and I'll just read from Romans chapter five, verse 12 tells us this, tells us as we understand this whole concept of God being sovereign. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and this way, death came to all people. And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. Why didn't God make humans so that we wouldn't sin? Could you imagine that? 
Why wouldn't he just make us, make us so that we didn't, like that's the beauty of free will, that he wants to have a relationship with you, that he's created you with a mind and a spirit and that you have the opportunity to live your life and to make the choices. I don't know about you, that, that would not be an enjoyable relationship to be with someone who just didn't have a choice about anything. If you thought about a marriage relationship, now don't think too far down that road. No, no, that'd be good. I'd like that. I could always get my way. I could always like have it the way I like. I could watch the TV channels I want to watch if I didn't have anyone else with who had a free will. Listen, God didn't create us as robots to just do what he said. He wants a relationship with you. He put, he put in us the ability to have a free will to choose. And because of that, we have chosen and the, the world is chosen. So we have this free will. The second thing that we know about the world is this. He's given us a free will. Secondly, we know that this is a fallen world. We live in a, a fallen, broken world that has hurts and pain and, and sin because it came from men. We, we brought that into the world. And, and before we point too many fingers at Adam and Eve, come on, how many of you know we've all made some mistakes in this life? We've all done wrong. We've all sinned. We've all, as the Bible tells us, fallen short of the glory of God that is so amazing. We live in a broken world that literally has, has what, what, so a moral evil to it. There is a, a moral evil that, that permeates throughout the world because there's a battle raging for the hearts of men and women all around this world. And so, you know, you think about that. Listen, the estimate is this. The estimate is 95% of the world's suffering results from human actions, which means we ourselves have brought this literally upon ourselves by the way we conduct ourselves, the way we treat other people, the way we may look out for ourselves and not care about others, all of those things. The world that we live in, 95% of the suffering in the world that takes place, the hunger, the famine, the disease is brought about by the result of human action. How can I serve a God when there's so much, I've heard this, how, how can I serve a God when there's so much famine in the world, yet the world produces enough food that every single person on this planet could have a full 3,000, not 2,000, they recommend two, a full 3,000 calorie diet every single day, and yet there are people who all around the world who are starving. How many of you know that's a, that's a human problem? That's a, that's a us thing. God created and it was good. Our sin entered the world. And as we did that, we brought this brokenness and this hurt. And because he loved us so much, he sent a redeemer to redeem us anyways. That's how awesome our God is. We may ask, how, how can I serve a God when there's all this, uh, you know, brokenness and, and, and famine in the world? And I, 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 I don't point it out too often when I'm talking with someone who has that, but, but for you, we'll just keep this between us and the people online right now. I love when someone asks, how can I serve a God 
who allows all this famine in the world when simultaneously they are doing absolutely nothing themselves to solve the problem. Come on, how many of you know some salt, some problem people? They got all the problems and no solutions. I like solutions people. They come and they go, man, I got a problem, but I got a solution. I, oh, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Let's figure this out. But people love to blame others. We like to do that, don't we? We like to blame others for our problems. We like to blame others. And, and boy, I, I, we, we especially like to blame God. Like when something bad happens, some difficulties come our way, man, our first reaction is, how could God do this? What did I, you know, we might even look inside. What did I do wrong? What am I doing? You know, if something good happens, we go, wow, I must be living right. You know, hallelujah. I must be doing well. Someone may ask, why doesn't God just get rid of all the evil in the world? Why doesn't God just rid the world of evil? Can I answer that for you? If he did, none of us would be around to see it. Oh, I got a couple amens. That's good. That's good. Why doesn't he just rid the world of evil? You and I, we wouldn't be here. Because there's moral evil in the world. There's also natural evils. There's things that happen naturally. And uh, of course, tornadoes and storms and hurricanes and decimation and, and all of these things that take place. We need to understand that God created and in his creation, which we learned. Boy, if you missed the last two weeks, I encourage you because it's really foundational as we move through this rooted. If you missed the message on, on God's creation or his resurrection, I encourage you to, to go on the app that Pastor Brian talked about this morning and, and download that, check it out and, and follow along. But let's read here from, from Romans chapter eight, and uh, it tells us this from this passage, for the creation was subjected to frustration. And listen to this, as we pull this together, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the, everybody say freedom, and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Creation, groaning, a world that has brokenness and hurt, a God who is sovereign, a God who has all of these things in his hands. And as we look at that, we go, how, how can this be? The, the fact that he created this earth and, and we looked at that and all the perfection of it and, and, and the fact that we have gravity that holds our feet to the ground and that same gravity that is good so that we don't float away also causes things to fall and they hit us and it hurts. You see the difference there? We have fire that keeps us warm and it cooks our food, but it also burns things up. It destroys things. We have water which replenishes our body. And boy, my wife is always on me. Drink more water. Drink more water because it's so good for us. Did you know, though, too much water and you will drown? So all things in moderation mixed with coffee, and it's all good, right? 
Come on, I needed a bigger amen on that one. We know that because we're living in a broken world, we're going to experience hardship. We're going to experience pain. We're going to experience difficulties in this life. Those questions we know and we understand, and when we look at a world that's broken, how do we see God in that? How do we see his hand upon that? I want you to know that that the Bible tells us that it rains on both the just and the unjust, right? But that, that it's going to rain on those who are righteous and those who are unrighteous. The same rain falls on all of us wherever you you are on your faith journey. I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt because we are in this world. We are going to experience difficulties. We're going to experience hurts. We're going to experience letdowns. We're going to experience people who are broken and they hurt us and they do things that we can't explain. And we say, why did God allow this Like they don't have free will and somehow God should just take over them who those who do evil in the world and and that, listen, we are not, we we understand that, but we understand and and I'm gonna get to this because there's a beautiful point in here. Well, I'll just say it now. I want you to know this. We need to take heart because the one who overcame the world is living inside of us. That's the game changer. The game changer is that we don't have to go through this world alone. We don't have to walk and somehow have to make it on our own. We have a God who created this world, who sent his son to redeem us, who is sovereign over all of these things. And when we know that deep in our heart, when our root system goes deep into that bedrock of the word, then, and in that moment, we become immovable, unshakable, unflappable. It doesn't matter what happens around us. We are set firm in the word of God and on Christ. That's the beauty of that. So we have free will, We have a a fallen world. The other thing that we have to realize about ourselves is we we really do, we have a finite worldview. We we just can't quite, we think we can, but we can't see it quite like the Lord can. Listen, our perspective is finite. We can't see everything. The distance between God's view and, and our view is astronomical. If you were walking through the woods and you encountered an animal that was trapped, maybe a wild animal that was trapped in a snare and, and that, that, that clamp, you know, have you ever seen those giant bear traps, <laughs> right? Clutching its leg and it's there. And out of the goodness of your heart, you go, Oh my goodness. I mean, your compassion is like, I just want to help this. I want to save this animal. I want to, I want to help him. But as you get closer, it growls at you, right? Like he does not understand that you are coming. You are there to help him in his great time of need, in his difficulty snared, unable to move, unable to function, unable to live. And as you get closer, it just snarls at you. It keeps you. And then, and then you know, because as we all do when we're walking through the woods, we, we have a tranquilizer gun, right? Sure. In my story, we do. And we pull out the tranquilizer gun and, and you shoot. Now, now he knows you're out to hurt him because you're, you're about to shoot him. 
but you're doing it for his own good, to put him to sleep. And then when you release the trap in order to do it, it kind of digs in just a little bit deeper, and then it releases. I want you to know something. So many times we, we are snared and we are trapped and we can only see what we are snared in. We can only see the trap. And we push away. So many times when we encounter those things, it causes us, why would God allow that to happen? So we might even push him away or turn away from him. We try to figure it out on our own, try to figure out our own, our, our own way. Man, I'm going to make it. I'm going to get there. I'm going to have it. But he's right there to help us. I want you to know that we have a very, very finite view of all of the things. Listen to what the word tells us in Isaiah 55. This is so powerful. In verse 8 and 9 tells us this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. What that does, this does something powerful. When we understand that, when we understand that his thoughts are higher, his ways are higher, and we have this incredible penchant in ourselves. We want everything to go perfect in our lives. We want everything to be good and, and have this moment that we just understand and realize that God, who created the world, has created this incredible opportunity for you and I to step into this moment with Humility. Come on up. I don't need a show of hands right now. You just answer quietly, but maybe you're like me and you've told God how he could do some things better. Your laughter tells me you're, you're with me. God, I got a better way. I got a better plan. I got a better, if you did this, boy, if, you know, we... We, we think that, and, and what we need to do is come with humility saying, you know what, God, you're not, you don't answer to me. I answer to you. I kneel my heart, my life, my soul, my everything, my family, I give it to you. And with humility, we come to the Lord because we have a finite worldview. We can't see all the things that he can see. We don't know all the things that are happening behind the scenes but he does, and he is walking with us through all of these things. God, you are not accountable to me. I am accountable to you. I don't know if you've ever watched a movie. Maybe it's a mystery movie, and you're going through the movie, and you have no idea how it's going to turn out unless you're watching the Hallmark Channel, then you figured it out in the first five minutes. Then you know. Am I right? Then you know, you already got it. Five minutes in, I got the answer. I know how this is going to go. But if you've ever been watching a real mystery or romance, and you walk through that and halfway through, you're like, I don't see how this is going to end. What is happening? And then the end blows your mind. And you say this, oh, now I get it. One day, we are going to look back at this life and we're going to say, oh, wow. 
Now I get it. Now I get it because you and I, we've been given free will. We live in a fallen world and we have a finite worldview that we see these things. Listen, you and I today, we can walk out of this place knowing that we can trust the God of the universe. We know that you can do it. How, how does God use our suffering? How does God use our difficulties? How does God use our pain? Let me just give you a couple of quick things as we wrap this message up. I want you to know something. When we experience suffering, when we experience pain, something happens inside of it. You know what happens to us? Our faith, which we talked about in the previous series, faith that moves mountains, our faith muscles, they're strengthened. They're strengthened when we go through difficulties, when we go through problems, when we have to solve and seek God for those solutions. Everything we walk through draws us closer to him. Romans 5, 3, and 4 tells us this, not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces what? Perseverance. And perseverance, what? Character. And character in us builds hope. If there were no suffering in the world, if there was no suffering on this planet, it would rob us of a greater good. Listen to this. This isn't on the slide or even in the notes, but if you're taking notes, boy, type it into the app notes or write it down. Listen, God doesn't just want us to be happy. He wants us to be holy. Sometimes we think God exists for our happiness. That my happiness is dependent. If I'm not happy, we're mad at God. We blame God. We, we do all of those things. God is not, he's not so much, he, he's not out just, just for our happiness. He's out so that because he wants us to be holy. God does not cause your suffering. God does not cause those pains. We, we brought that pain into the world. We as humanity brought suffering. We brought sin. We brought brokenness. We brought all of those things. We broke what God created to be perfect and good because he is sovereign. And though he allowed us to have free will and we experienced that brokenness, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to create a way because he is so sovereign, he saw that he would make a way in his goodness for us. I want you to know there can be a purpose to our pain. There can be a purpose to those things that we go through. One of the key things that we need to know is, is, is God's purposes, his, his purpose, God's purpose, God's purposes that are existing in the world today are, are, are powerful and they are strong and they are good. And I love the story uh, of Joseph. Come on, how many of you remember Joseph? Man, he was thrown into a cistern. He was sold into slavery. He was lied to. He was lied about. He had all all of these things happen. He was falsely imprisoned and he was forgotten about in those moments. But when reunited with his brothers, he said one of the most powerful statements. He said this, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. Come on. He has our good in his, in his hands. 
God is able to use our sufferings and our pain. We said, well, it's unfair that he had all those things, and yet he became and fulfilled an incredible destiny that if we just limit our finite view to what we can see, when we just narrow our view to our situation and our problems, I want you to know that, in our, that God's, God can use our suffering and our pain in an immense way. And finally, number three is this. We need to see things in light of eternity. In light of eternity. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. Listen to this. For our light and momentary troubles. Come on. How many of you have ever had some momentary troubles? How many of you are walking through some momentary troubles right now? The Bible tells us this. For our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs, it outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. How how can I best share this with you? Here's what I'll propose. Let's just say, Then in 2024, we stepped in and January was the absolute worst month of your life. Your car broke down. Your roof started to leak. You lost your job. You got sick. You have this, come on, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody had a, a day like that, <laughs> a month like that. Let's, let's just say that last month was the worst month you've ever experienced in your life. But then came February and March and April and May and June, and the rest of the year was unbelievable. God healed you. God gave you a better job. Things all of a sudden started to turn around and all of the things started to happen and all of a sudden you had plenty and all of a sudden great things happened and you got to the end of the year and someone asked you, how was your year? How many of you know? You'd say, it was awesome. Because we forgot about January. And we remember since that moment, That's what eternity, I think, is going to be like. This momentary affliction that we have on this earth is like that little space and window. The Bible says our lives are but a mist, a vapor. Man, it's here today, gone tomorrow. We need to seize every moment and opportunity. And too many times we live for what we see in the temporary, and we don't live for the eternal and what God has. He has forever in mind, not just the few years of earth that we have to walk on this earth. He has you in mind for eternity. And he has forever on his mind for you. Here's a great truth. The gospel, the gospel message of Jesus Christ defeats suffering every time. The gospel defeats suffering. The gospel defeats suffering. It's gone. It's momentary. I want to share a quote with you from, uh, from a man, uh, Oz Guinness, who shared uh, in his recollection of what took place in one of the greatest atrocities 
that we've probably experienced in, in the world today. And, and uh, as he talks about those who were in Auschwitz and, and in those concentration camps and the things that took place there. And so it's like, how could God allow his people? How could these things happen? How, how could this be allowed? How could this take place? And I, I want you to listen or see, not listen, but you're going to see on the screen as I read it. It says this, it is often said that after Auschwitz, there cannot be a God. That evil is so overwhelming that it is the rock of atheism. But as Viktor Frankl pointed out, those who say that about evil were not in Auschwitz themselves. Far more people deepened or even discovered faith in God in Auschwitz than those who lost it. Was that an atrocity? Yeah. Man, if we could just go back and say that never happened, man, that'd be awesome. I think, I think there's probably a lot of things in our lives we wish we could go back and say never happened. But I love people who have overcome adversity. And when you ask them, if you could go back and, and rewrite history and that never happened, and that may have never taken place, what, what you'll hear is, I am so much stronger. I am so much better today than I was then. I am so thankful now for what I have walked through because it has made me who I am today. May we have that heart. And that spirit, I hope and pray that a message like this today would, would, would strike a chord in your heart that maybe even intellectual or theologically of who God is and his hand upon the world. I want you to know that that God who reigns supreme, who is sovereign, who knows you, who loves you, who created you, who put you and set the times and the places, he is God and he is a God of order and a God of plan and he has purposes. And really all it is is a moment for us to say, you know what, I just wanna yield my heart and my life because I have been chasing my purpose. I've been chasing my dreams. I've been, and, and, and it seems every time I turn a corner, there's just more emptiness and there's just more brokenness and there's just something new to chase after. And you know what, today I just want to, to, to say, if you're here today and you've been searching for God's purpose or for purpose in your life, I encourage you to yield your heart and your life to a God who cares about you. Even in the midst of your struggle, even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of your brokenness, we serve a God who is real, who created, who resurrected, who is sovereign. We see that through scripture. We see that time and time again. And we know and we understand no matter what we experience, maybe you're in this room today and you're experiencing physical pain. Maybe you're experiencing uh, uh, just relational difficulties. Maybe there's, there's illness or maybe you're battling some things in your finances. What, whatever it is, I want you to know this. We can have great faith. And as we do that, we become immovable when difficulties strike our lives because 
our roots have gone deep into the bedrock of who Christ is. And because of him, not because of us, because of his strength, not because of our strength, because of his hope, not the any kind of hope that we could create. It's when we find that and we allow that, that's when we can stand strong. Even when the winds are raging, even when the difficulties are, are swirling about us, I want you to know that we can understand just how sovereign our God is. God is sovereign. Can I get an amen this morning? Do you believe that today? All across this room, I'm going to invite you to stand with me. And I would love the opportunity to pray over you and to pray with you. And as we do that, we're going to close our service with this song. We sang it during worship. And I just think that it would be so appropriate for us to make this our declaration this morning before we walk out those doors, before we leave, to to allow that truth to penetrate our hearts and our lives that God is sovereign. Would you do me a favor before we pray? Would you look at one or both of your neighbors and would you tell them God is sovereign? Come on, tell them. God is sovereign. Now I want you to go one step further. I want you to look at them and I want you to say this. And God cares about you. Tell them. Come on, tell them. God cares about you. If you're in this place today, if you're watching online right now, I want you to know that God is here. He is with you wherever you're at watching this service right now. He is with you. And as we, before we sing this song, I would love to pray for you. If you're here today, Say, Pastor Kurt, would you pray for me? And I I got a lot of things that are happening in my life. Whatever those are. I've listed so many of you. Whatever it is, sickness, problems, relational problems, whatever it is, man. Whatever you have that you say, you know what? Today, I'm going to put that thing in the hands of a God who is sovereign, who has me in his hands. He's got this situation. Man, the storm is raging in the moment, maybe even today. We'll speak it. Peace be still, and the storm would cease. How many of you know he is able? If you have something that you want me to pray with you about right now, would you just lift your hand to the Lord? Would you just signify that between you and the Lord right now? You can just close your eyes. Just between you and God. God, here it is. God, I got these things that are raging. I got these situations in my life. And God, today, I'm asking you, Lord, to take these things and take them. Lord, I'm not even praying for my circumstances right now. I'm praying that my eyes would not look at those, but they would be turned towards you in this moment. And we would trust in you. And our eyes of faith would be lifted and we would be strong and we would grow and our roots would be deep because we know that ultimately you have our good and our best, your best intention for us. So we trust you. Even though the storms are raging, we trust you. Even though the difficulties happen, we trust you. Even, no matter what the doctor said this, this week, we trust you today in Jesus' name. 
God, we pray this over every single person right now who has their hand raised. In the main floor, in the balcony, those watching online, Lord, every single hand right now. God, we trust in you, in Jesus' name. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says all we have to do is ask. And so in this moment, as I close this prayer, I'm going to invite you to simply ask the Lord to come into your heart, come into your life, come into your situation, and He will do it. Is there anyone in the room that is so thankful that you gave your heart and your life to Jesus Christ? It is the most, the best decision that we could ever make on this earth is to trust Him in our lives. So Father, we pray over those right now that may be far from you. God, we ask even in this moment as they turn their hearts towards you, your word said that you hear their cry, you rush to them, and God, I pray that you would save them in this moment. Touch their heart. Lord, I pray if it's been hard, Lord, if it's been difficult, Lord, if there has been skepticism or worry or fear or doubt, Lord, I pray right now your presence would bring peace to their lives right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Come on, one more time. Can we just give the Lord praise? Can we just thank you for this morning? And I'm going to invite you to sing this song with us as we close. Would you just declare it from your heart with Pastor Kelly and the worship team? Would you just declare it with him? And I want to invite you, uh, whether you're used to doing it or not, I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Yeah, I do. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, so I'll ask everyone to do it. Could we just yield our hearts to the Lord right now and surrender by lifting our hands to Him? And let's sing this song, and let's declare it to Him, and let's allow this, these words to just penetrate our heart as we know our God reigns and He is supreme. In Jesus' name, let's worship Him together.
above it all. And we thank you that you watch over us and keep us. And God, today we ask those things even now. Lord, that as we go from this place today, that we would walk in your mercy and grace every moment of our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you have the universe in your hands. And it's not too big. And we are too small for you to care about. We thank you that you watch over us and keep us. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, come on, God is good. Wasn't it good to be in church today? Hey, listen, as you go today, we just want to say thank you for joining us. Such an incredible uh, privilege it is just to worship together. As you go, would you take a few moments, greet those around you. If you're a guest, we'd love to meet you or connect in the cafe. Be blessed. Have an awesome week, church. I hope that you find a place to believe and belong. And may your faith journey continue as you serve the Lord. Be blessed. Have an amazing week. Oh, no.